Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. All right. Hello, my beautiful bands. Welcome to the episode of today. I'm so pumped for this episode. I have Abby Chatfield. Hello, Gorge. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Oh, I'm thrilled to talk to you. I oh. honestly can't help but sing your praises to everyone. The manager, I was like, oh, can I, I can swear. Oh, oh yeah. Do you oh, fucking yeah, do you mind? Fucking <laughs> Go nuts. Also, it's you. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm fucking love this bitch. Because we had a we had a great chat on my it podcast that may or may not be out. I don't think it's out. No, yeah. not yet. Not yet. It's but delayed. stay tuned. <laughs> oh my God, edging the listeners. Yes. Um, but I'm so excited to Literally be here. Teasing them. Yeah, no, we had such a good chat. And I like we walked out of there being like, we have so much left <gasps> to talk about. This was like we scraped the surface. I know. And we have great chemistry, so I'm really excited for <laughs> We do. I love it. Um, so basically I wanted to bring Abby on to talk about like the main um, we, we will be going on tangents I can just imagine but mm. the main thing I wanted to be discussing was online like trolls and bullying and cancel culture and mm. all the above because mm. you've been obviously public about this that you get trolled quite a lot yeah um it's so sad that you know you're someone that speaks your mind so much and that's why you're such a target Mm. I mean I haven't really been much of a target a little bit but not much of a target I think because I often stick to like topics and themes Mm. and I don't often speak really what I'm thinking about all the time it's Mm. kind of more around I talk about you know, that's probably why I, I don't think I've been a target so much. Yeah, it's like your remove. It's not like your mm. pure opinion or, or your actual. Mm. I guess you speak out your experiences though. Yeah, but yeah. It's like your. It's a of, bit. It's a bit removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I get trolled less when I do topics like that that yeah. are like a bit removed. That's right. Or you interview someone else and then like and it's, they're it's talking spread out. Yeah, <laughs> the trolling is yeah. spread out. But yeah. yeah, I've um I've I've been trolled endless like mercilessly mm. since. I was on um, The Bachelor, obviously, and it's it's interesting the kind of different waves and like eras mm. of trolling that I've kind of gone through and and how I see it now. Yeah. Um, because obviously on The Bachelor, I mean, for those of you listening, if you don't know, which is so funny now because oh, sure it's been so long, but it's no. also like it's it's been some, years. Be- some people are like, I didn't even know you were on The Bachelor. What season was it? Season seven. Well, because you've built such a career outside of that that's mm. not related to The Bachelor. So a lot of people so who then discover you now, mm. they probably have no idea. Yeah, it's like Chrissy Swan with Big Brother. Yeah. It's like I completely forget even you, though I see her at work. Same. And that's that I knew her from Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget. But you completely, it's, yeah. it erases. So um, obviously on The Bachelor, the trolling was... Hey, it was like so it was so shocking and new to me because I was working commercial real estate. Mm. Like I was a corporate girly pop. That blows like, my mind, by the way. That's hilarious. I know I me being this. a maths girly. Like were you like, like doing open houses? No, no. Oh. I, I so I worked for a um I worked for a pubs team, like in commercial real right. estate. Right. Okay. I was the analyst. So I, have, I have a degree in property economics. I just love that so much. Which is so corporate and so weird. Like I had like 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 computer glasses, like, blue, like blue lens glasses. Like I can that's just, a just you girl. walking into work, like 
Just being serious all yeah. day. That's hilarious. Like, I was so corporate that I had, like, my train, my walking to the train shoes and my heels oh, in the back. So you know, that cute yeah. with, like, yeah. the, the extra little canvas bag with the shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Walking around. And there's pop <laughs> photos of me Stop. from that era in, like, my flats going to the train station. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's cute. But, um, but, yeah, so, like, on that show, like, I didn't, I went to the show thinking that I was going to be, like, sook at it. Like, mm. sook, sook, sook. I, I cried every day in the show and we were filming it. And then I came off and the edit was... Um, interesting to say the mm. least, but the response was insane. And yeah, getting like death threats and getting told that I was disgusting and I should kill myself and mm-hmm. all that was really jarring. But it was almost like a baptism of fire where now I'm kind of like, you're uh, thick skin. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like, do you know what it is that gave you the thick skin? Is it something that it's just in you? Because there's a lot of people and it's kind of like they go through make or break situations and mm. something like that could break someone. Why do you think it didn't break you? Um, I just think it's not the worst thing that's happened in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I've had worse things, so you know. So you've like been conditioned in the past to like yeah, prep yeah. for something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, There's like a lot of like um, a, a fair amount of trauma from, mm. you know, my, my history growing up. And um, I've always just had as well, like always just worked really hard. So I think that I just am like a pusher through her. Mm. And I think as well with ADHD, now in hindsight, you are, you can be quite stubborn and, ash- and sure of yourself. Like yeah. you kind of, a you can be a bit chaotic and confused. And when, once you reach a conclusion, you're able to kind of sit through anything. Mm-hmm. So like on the show, the first few weeks of trolling, it was really awful. And you know, I, I had friends, I have such beautiful friends and my girlfriends at the time, we'd have like watching parties. And one of my friends Cisha, love her. She um she would grab my phone and take it from me and we'd watch it all together. So I had the information because I had to watch it. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to do interviews about it. So uh, I couldn't. Did that not give you watch- anxiety watching it? I'd hate Babe, it was it. Si- it was sickening. Like I and because every week I was like, <laughs> it's getting worse and be, things yeah. are getting Franken yeah. Frankenbitten. Which is where they take like one or two words and make them into sentences. What? Yeah, have you heard of this? No. I mean, I thought they would do that but that was like an old school thing I didn't like that's hardcore yeah it's it's kind of the thing of when you go on these TV shows and I thought the same thing Mm. people say they can't make you say anything if it's on if it's on camera then you said it and then what you when you actually listen to um the editing Mm. it'll be like say if I said like oh I hate how much I love this podcast yeah right they would edit it and or it could be from different conversation but it would be like I hate this fucking podcast. <laughs> yes. And you can hear, when you really yeah. listen, you can hear like a... <laughs> That's so funny. So, but you don't realise it. One day, so Lucy and Nikki, our friends, mm. they interviewed someone who was on maths and she said that on one of the dinner parties, she looked at this other girl and she was like, oh my God, you look so hot, you bitch. And they edited it to her being like, you bitch. You dung, bitch. Dung, dung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it's a, and there's always a rattlesnake yeah, sound. Yeah, and she's like, what? I was complimenting her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. And they use, you know, use interview um, re- reactions from different situations. Of course. And it looks like there was one particular on my show. I know this isn't about editing this podcast, but just to get context of why yeah. it was so fucking jarring. Like there was one context where there was a scene where I, I think I like laughed and I was sipping water. And I was like, stay the fuck away from my man, right? <laughs> I was joking about a hot producer on set. No. Who... Like he was the only hot producer and 
it, some, someone like, I think he went on a date or and it was like a complete like facetious Comment joke. Comment something else. Three months in, we're all like friends, the producers. I'm talking to my producer about it, who I'm really close with and the camera's rolling the whole time and I'm not even talking about Matt oh, at all. Matt isn't even like brought up and I'm like, stay away from my man, like yeah. joking. And that turns like into banter, me reacting with, yeah. from episode three to someone talking to Matt. Oh God, so stop. all that really was hard and felt like an injustice because it wasn't mm. my memory of the of the the season. But from that, once I got to a point of being like, well, actually, I never said anything really mean in the edit, even mm. after the Franken biting. And the reaction is more of the issue for me. You know, Australia was such shaming me. Then I got to reach a point of thinking, okay, well, I don't think that I should be, should be slut-shamed for, for kissing him at a cocktail party without going on a date. That was one of the like, big things. Yeah, like, it's 1910, like, yeah. grow up. <laughs> we're adults here. God, or consenting. might be sucking his dick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. Me cream pie. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Love you. Like, me, me going cream pie. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I kind of was able to stand by how I felt. Mm. Um, and then from then, I was just like, well, everyone already fucking hates me. Mm. So I may as well speak my mind about Might things. as well. Yeah, may yeah. as well. You all fucking I'm hate me here. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like, fuck me. So then um, it kind of gave me this weird, um, maybe like self-assuredness, but also just I don't get, I didn't give a fuck. Almost like, I, like you were unbreakable by that point. It's like true. we've already gotten to this point. What else can you do? If you're already going to hate on me, now I've got a platform I can say whatever I want because the hate's already there. I've got nothing to lose kind of thing. Totally. And I've always been really um, left-wing and feminist and, and my friends have always spoken about left-wing topics over dinner parties mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, So I was like, well, I have a platform now. Nah, no. I have a platform now. Yeah. May as well use it. May as well use it and talk about things that I care about, like such shaming and, and abortion rights. And, yeah. you know, when the vaccine was when COVID was happening, like being pro-vax and all those things that I genuinely care about, then it kind of just became like a, a go-to thing for me. And I think like, cause your following grew really quickly as well. And mm. I think it's because a lot of people would heavily agree with you, but would not feel comfortable to say those things because they're like, I don't want to be <laughs> the, the brunt of that. Yeah. But I, I support you and I, you know, and I, I believe in what she's saying. Totally. And I think as well, all of the comments I got on like early days were that people were upset about these things, even just like basic feminism thing, like let's say um, abortion rights, mm -hmm. but they didn't have the language themselves to speak about it. Yeah. So, and no one was, it was either spoken about in a really like clinical way, like on the news or there were, you know, huge articles written that weren't very easy to digest. Mm. Or it wasn't spoken about at all, or it was just like a like a um, pro choice, and yep. there wasn't any actual dissection of of the thoughts. So then people, you know, they they were able to reshare my summary or mm. whatever I thought about things, and I kind of was able to summarize things that they had been feeling and thinking for a while, but didn't put into words. So that was the positive side of it. Yeah, yeah. But same time, you know, the death threats and the. Uh, you know, even this morning, like I posted, I, I post about um, an interview with uh, Basim Yusuf and it's like, shut the fuck up, you dumb cunt. Like, mm. it, but who gives a fuck? Because once you reach a certain point, the way my brain works now is if I have an opinion, I like scan through all the possible rebuttals mm. and see if any of them can yep. like dent the armor, you yeah. know, of, of my thought. And if they can... 
then I will like mention them in the way that I speak about it. Or uh, and if they can't, then I'm like, fuck, I don't care if some pro lifer is going to say that I'm I've murdered a baby. Like yeah. I don't care if some person's going to have an issue with my top. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's that's why I think it's important to have steadfast views and mm. and also have the ability to research um for yourself a little bit and also have media literacy to understand what is yeah totally what is actually factual and what isn't which i think yeah. is really um i think it's really lacking um at the moment particularly with and i hate to sound like a fucking boomer but particularly with the kids these days <laughs> which sounds insane <laughs> but i think that um the the rise of algorithms mm. and it's so biased it's now. So, so, biased so biased and people go into their little, it's like if you start out in like going into like an ant's nest and one person goes one yeah. way by the end of it, they end up like on the other side Completely. of the fucking football field. And it's just regenerating people's, obviously anger sparks people to watch yeah. things more and, and, and engage with things more. So these algorithms, push us further apart and also lend themselves to propaganda and misinformation and fucking AI is now being used yeah. in propaganda. And it's just, uh, I think there's a lack of media literacy or even understanding of, um, of, of, of sources and, and resources. Yeah. Cause, and it's also like it, we're in an age where we're better connected than ever before, but it's so curated and you don't even choose it really. You make a few choices of what you look up and whatever, mm. but then everything is served to you. Totally. And I had this interesting conversation with my sister because she, you know, we were a lot of people when you realize, oh, someone's got opposing views, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. So then you curate yeah. this world that you're surrounded with everyone that has similar views to you mm -hmm. and you then become unaware or unsympathetic or ununderstanding of people that oppose your views. Even totally. if you like hate their views, I think it's important to still interact with people like that so you can have an informed decision. Totally. And it's also and important to interact with them so that you can um, understand where you sit. Yeah. If you see someone that says something that you slightly don't agree with and you completely unfollow them straight away, you then have no intel as to what the other side are thinking it, yeah, or what, what they're their thinking, views what they're are. Saying. Yeah. And therefore, if you meet someone in person that, or someone's on the fence and they say, well, what about like, take the abortion, um, you know, what, what about people in, in the U S who want to have abortions at, um, at late, late term? Mm. And if you don't know what the actual details of that argument are, you go, oh, yeah, well, actually, maybe I'm not pro-choice in that instance, yep. when in yep. reality the, the laws are actually about life-saving yeah. abortions. Um, but if you don't have an idea of what the other side are arguing, how can you rebut it? Exactly. And if you're only agreeing with each other, how do you know that you're not getting fed misinformation propaganda unless you were able to branch out a bit and see, like you said, with the other side? Yeah. Are thinking, even if it fucking pains you like it fucking drives me mad yep. watching republican debates but i do it anyway because i go what but, are these people thinking and i think a lot of people don't understand the difference between a debate and an argument you know like mm. a debate is listening to the other person bringing in new information them listening to you bringing in new information and it's almost like a layered kind of cake of information totally. whereas an argument is saying no this no th you're blocking mm. blocking blocking mm -hmm. and it's almost like when you argue with someone it's like you're not listening to what i'm saying totally you're just you're just trying to yeah. win and, and, and trying to talk You want to win. And I'm absolutely guilty of that in the past. And mm. I think that particularly over the past, maybe since COVID, like I've, I've and I think I am still growing in this way in that I used to be very like, nah, don't want to fucking hear it. Don't want to talk about it. Don't mm. want to think about it. But I've realized there's not much value in that. And I think this is where it like divides people even more and mm. makes people not want to engage with 
my content or my viewpoints if I'm being so fucking like steadfast. I will not listen. I will to, not listen yeah. to anything else. I will. I will not even engage. Um or. Or I won't even admit that someone's point could be slightly correct. Could have some value to it. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, like when I watch Republican debates, I think, God, you guys are fucked. But there were certain <laughs> things I did, I did like a response yeah. to it. And I was like, look, all right. Some of you, I understand what you fuck. Like the fentanyl crisis in the US. Mm. If I was like, there isn't a fentanyl crisis. There is, it's like, yeah. well, like there is. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I go, yeah. yeah, look, fair thing to be worried about, guys. But totally. like maybe other things on the war on drugs way. So I think people are really scared. Um, of even admitting that the people they oppose are slightly correct. And I'm mm. trying to learn to totally. be okay with totally. that. How can you still, you can still have your belief system, you can still have what you stand for and see value in someone mm. else's argument. You totally. can see like, while I don't agree with the pillars of your thing, your party totally. or whatever, I can see that thing and be like, yeah, you know what? That's correct. That's a good point. You That's know, correct, like, but I still believe what I believe. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, totally. Yeah. Okay. Now, sorry, we went off stage from trolling. We just went about fucking education, <laughs> politics, and, and stuff. I know. Now, okay. Classic me derailing. Standard for us. One thing I was wanting to talk about. It actually was on my mind the other day, and I wanted your input on this. Mm. Is that Australia is known for? Tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. Right? But I've come to realize that we definitely are. But mm. this is a global thing now that cancel culture has become such an obvious thing. It's like tall poppy syndrome for the ones that are not Australian is basically when someone gets too tall or rises too fast mm -hmm. or too high, people want to cut them down. And the only people that, well, not the only people, but normally to succeed in Australia, you have to be self deprecating and people 100%. want to see you like laugh about yourself and put yourself and all mm. of that. And then they're like, okay, we'll allow that. Whatever. But and not do too well. Not do too well or not can't. sing your own praises kind mm, of thing. Totally. And kind of, so that's a typical Australian cultural thing. But then you see it so often. It's like people are so ready to tear you mm. down when you make a mistake or a slip up. Mm. And some things for cancel culture are warranted. If you, like, you are a rapist. I mean, R. Kelly. Right? Mm. Cancel. But sometimes people will, there'll be something that's not... It's almost like times there's someone made a mistake in the past mm -hmm. and they could acknowledge that mistake and they're cancelled. Totally. I do think, I actually don't think cancer culture exists though. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I um, I, when you think about it, who who's actually been fully cancelled? R. Kelly, because he had. Yeah, because he, he was, was like raping a, people. Children. But who's actually lost their career? I can't think of anyone. No. The only well, thing I can in think like of cycles, I it guess. Goes in cycles. Then, yeah, yeah. But people are often I think I think it can feel like people are being cancelled online when you see temporary. Yeah. And also I think that say if someone um like you said made it made a mistake in the past and they've apologized for it, I think they will still have a large portion of their audience that either forgive them, mm. accept their apology or never gave a fuck in the first place, yeah. who aren't engaging with their content. So the comments could be filled with like, fuck you, we don't like, we don't forgive you, we fucking hate you, like whatever. But in, you know, three months' time, you'll forget that it even happened. Mm. So mm -hmm. I so the idea of cancel culture, I don't think it actually exists. And the only people that I can think of that have like sustained um, I guess, uh like a, a like a mark upon their name that isn't involved in like a legal yeah. battle, right? Let's get get rid of like Chris Brown and, yeah, and yeah, R. Yeah. Kelly who have had like legal 
and violent um, actions. If we're talking about societal repercussions, I can only really think of Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. Who just was being, who was being mean on set. Okay. Mm. The stories I've heard, they sound fucked, but is that the same as yeah. R. Kelly? It's a woman, a queer woman. Um, Chrissy Teigen, again, she yeah. had those awful tweets, but she still got a good career. They yeah uh, they end up kind of circling back in general yeah, yeah so yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone's ever really cancelled but I do think that in terms of tall poppy mm. um, or people uh, in general I think it's really concerning when people are genuinely trying to do the right thing and be progressive or maybe going out of their comfort zone like you said like you don't often post about your opinions on things like yep. say you post this abortion yeah this pro this pro abortion pro abortion rights you posting that and then because maybe it wasn't perfect or it wasn't enough mm-hmm. or it wasn't um, exactly what someone thought or the video that you found didn't also encapsulate um, the history of it's abortion in Australia. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think we get to a dangerous point where people then post nothing and are too scared to post anything because it isn't exactly perfect. Mm. And I think that what I've noticed as well um, is people like, you know, me or people that post um, progressive politics, things that pick up politics a lot, um, are often looked to to be perfect in their in their views and in their knowledge and to know every, be born out of the womb, knowing everything about every conflict mm. and not make any mistakes um, about understanding of what's going on. And while I appreciate being told about things, because also my platform is politically based, so I understand yeah. why I, but there are other people who have no political posting at all or they post really easy things like uh fuck like very very clear cut things like mm. let's say like climate change like jesus fucking yeah, christ yeah, you know it's yeah, not that controversial really stuff yeah um <clears throat> and they post nothing else and they are not held to any account yet if you post anything then it's like okay well if you want to post about that why have you posted about this why have you done this is this and i understand the sentiment mm. but i think that a one person cannot understand every political socio political issue in the world um and they also shouldn't be pigeonholed into only posting about political things mm. in a perfect manner because then you'll post about nothing. Yeah. And there have been people that I know that are influencers that are like, I'm not even getting into posting about, let's say, climate change or going to the protests, even if they were at the protests. Yeah. Because they go, well, then I'll be told to post about everything else and I don't know enough about everything else. And it's my platform is also... A comedy platform. My yeah. platform is a beauty platform or something. So I think it gets really um, difficult when people are expected to be perfect in their views, perfect in the way they express those views, and also to be all consumed by every single issue that a human brain cannot possibly understand all those things. Totally. And I feel like when you're talking to, and this I see this a lot in like generational divides, if there's someone from, and this, and this is a generalisation massively, but, for example, I've seen where, you know, younger people are talking to their parents or their grandparents and they're trying to describe something that's really common for us younger people mm. but then something that's a concept that they're trying to wrap their head, heads around. Like mm. something that older people really struggle to wrap their heads around in general is, mm. you know, gender neutral. Then yes. they yeah. pronouns, all of that. And if you can have a conversation where you're like, no, this is what it is and you're really open and you're, and you're patient if someone who's older is like, I want to come around to it, I'm just really slow, bear with me, but I'm like, 
isn't it the sentiment behind it that you're trying to support and, and nurture, whereas sometimes people are like, oh, you use the wrong, and they slam them and then yeah. they're like, I'm trying, but I feel like an idiot when I'm trying to approach this topic that I don't know much about. And so I'm just going to retreat and not or do anything. get defensive and say this is fucking stupid. Yeah, because I feel I attacked, so now I'm going to say you're you. being an idiot. Yeah, yeah I think as well um, a lot of the people that I find uh, that I've seen just anecdotally that are upset about, like, let's say pronouns, for mm. example, um, aren't people who are actually queer and aren't people who are actually trans. Like all of the people that I know that are trans and non-binary and queer, like if someone fucks up pronouns, I'm my best friend's non-binary. If someone fucks their pronouns, I just go, oh, it's they. And yep. and, and you keep going with the conversation. Um, and most queer spaces will have that. I think it's more people who are being quite, like, performative mm. and virtue signaling and trying mm. to be the person that tears someone else down. Because really, no, que- no actually non-binary person that I know of my friends or people that I've met are going to, like, come for you. But it's no. a lot of, like, like straight people, people that aren't involved in the community, that they they mean well, but what they're doing is putting people offside, like you said. Mm. And people who are actually non-binary and trans, um, A, know that language is difficult, particularly for older people. Yep. And they understand people are trying and, and that's enough. Um, I don't want to speak for them. This is what I've understood mm. from my, my friends. Um, but they also know that when you become um, really have like a hard line about things then you do pull people offside and and there's no that's not productive in that way Yeah, because they're worrying i'm not going to get it right i'm just going to be like like pounced upon totally just i mean the other way i mean we're about the same age i think and i didn't hear about anyone non-binary until like five years ago yeah and it takes a little moment to get used to the pronouns once you do it's the easiest thing in the fucking world but if i didn't have patient friends who were non-binary and trans, mm. like, like, I don't know if I ever would have been able to, I either would have not been called out in a polite way and not um, been able to not realise I was doing anything wrong. Yeah. But I also would have been like, oh, fuck, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then just being like, I'm just going to um, use their name all the time, which is also okay. But you know what I mean? It kind of like stops of progression and education. And that's, well, that's where you have like those, like they teach you. It's an opportunity to learn and I feel like a lot of people get really nervous that they're going to make a mistake. Mm. And if you can make a mistake and like I've got a really basic analogy, but if you can make a mistake and it's dealt with in a really good way, then you feel really comfortable talking. So my analogy mm. is when I was in Paris trying to speak French, a lot of Parisians would correct me every time I made a mistake, every time. Mm. So I'd be like, it was very clunky to even have mm. a conversation because it was like, no, 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 mm. no, no, no. And I'm like, I'm just trying. Can we just have a conversation? Fuck like, the Like, can we just... <laughs> 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 Literally. And then once I got into an, an Uber and the driver, he was unbelievable and he was from Morocco and we were speaking French and I was saying to him in French, I know I'm making a lot of mistakes. He's like, the aim here is to communicate. The aim here is to get on the same page. Wow. I'm not going to correct your mistakes because I get what you're saying. Mm, and I'm like, that's such a good analogy for everything. Such... And I never spoke more French in a conversation ever in my life. It was wow. like a 45-minute room and we were like, and it was just flowing. I'm sure I was making many mistakes, but I'm like, I feel comfortable in this environment because he's created a space to be mm. like, let's just communicate. Let's yeah. just get the ball rolling. Totally. You I know? mean, I recently on my podcast, like I, like I make mistakes all the time. Mm. On my podcast, I recently used the word um, cretin, which I thought meant 
like a gremlin. Like I thought it meant like a little yeah. like weevil or something. Doesn't not. No. Oh. So then someone DM me and they was so, it was they were like, "Hey, I know that you um like they kind of gave me a like a like a like a balance in my like positivity bank. Like, I know that you care about these things. Just letting you know, cretin's actually an ableist word that is referring to someone's intellect, and oh. it's a slur. I didn't know. I didn't I, know that either. Neither. And I was trying to use it instead of other ableist slurs. I was yes. trying to be like, okay, what's like a silly word that I can use? Like twerp. Like I love twerp. Mm. Like you know, what I, mean? I, was, I was like, what's a, a variety of insults? Yeah. And and they were like, I know that like this, and I was like, oh my god, totally. We edited it out and it was so fine. But mm. other times, you know, it'll be like, how dare you? And it's yeah. like, yeah, I understand the anger and you have, there are so many things to be angry about in the world. But I think that I, it's, it's the assumption of malice mm. is what makes things difficult to, to change and to have communication about. So like the, the person that I, the, the cretin comment, they didn't, they assumed good intentions mm. and they just corrected me. And I'm exactly. like, oh my God, fuck, absolutely. But when there's an assumption that I'm some v- evil villain that's intentionally trying to hurt people, yep. it's, I'll still change it and I'll still edit it out, but it puts you offside and you go, oh, like I wasn't, like I don't want to even open this message because you're berating me about something that was an honest mistake. An honest mistake. Mm. Especially when you can own it and admit it and even reply saying, like, thank you for pulling me up on mm. that, you know. And I think you can respect people more when they can admit their wrongs. Like, I feel like when someone can publicly say, you know what, I said this, didn't know I meant that, I'm changing it to this. You know, yeah. pe- that's respectable. You're not going to then jump on that person yeah. being like, you're a fucking idiot. Even, even on air, because I worked in radio for 18 months and obviously my co-hosts are used to being on commercial radio and I'm used to being in a very left-wing space. Mm. So, like, I was hyper aware of everything we did and very, like, uh, yeah, very, like, um, I don't know, I was I was not, like, scared, but I was hyper vigilant because I was mm. working with straight men who are on commercial radio who are lovely and mean so fucking well. Mm. But I'm like, if you guys say something that's fucked and you don't realise it's fucked, like I have to correct you either on it. I told this when I started working with Rowan and also Jimmy and Nathan when we changed over. I was like, I will correct you on Mm. it and I will fight you on it because I, A, don't want people to think that it's okay to say things you're saying that are wrong. And that I'm agreeing with it. Totally. And nothing big ever happened. But like even um, uh, I think Jimmy off air or Jimmy, I mean, he was on air. He like mansplained something to me Mm. and I was like, you know that you can't do that. Like, you know, you you know that like your mansplained, like, do you see what you did just then? And he, I think it must have been on air. I can't remember. We had like a big talk on and off air about it. And he was like, I actually didn't realize. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And I won't do it again. And I was like, Slay. Same with but words. But that's good to have that on air as well because then people can see what that interaction looks like. Yeah, totally. Without you like jumping down his throat but yeah. also being like, hey, this is yeah, not slay. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's sort of a, an, like, an art to convincing people because I think mm. with these algorithms and, and on the internet, I think it's kind of like you said, people are having an argument mm. rather than debate and I don't think that, now that I think my frontal lobe is fully developed, yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I, it's actually not productive to just be screaming into the void and getting really mad and getting into these huge fights if you aren't actually responding to people's points. I think it's so fair having a debate in comments. I think mm. it's so fair responding to things that are fucked up. But I think saying, shut the fuck up, you're wrong, which is what I used to do mm. even like a year ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah. you do that. 
then but you're growing and you're learning and you're like, this isn't working for me. Totally. Mm. And I think there's not much room either for people in general, but particularly in the public eye, to to learn and change. Yeah. 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 And yeah. people say you're a hypocrite when you do like, for example, if I said right now, I th- now I think that we shouldn't be um arguing in comments in a way that says shut the fuck up or you're you're a dickhead. Yeah. People would say, Well, a year and a half ago you did that. Mm. And there has to be a caveat then in the conversation, me saying, well, I know that I did it. You know, yeah, I know that I did caveats. it. And because I've done it, I've learned through that almost. Yeah. It's almost like due to my behavior, I yeah. know it wasn't working for me. So I've edited that behavior. Totally. And my Hypocrite would be about- you saying that. And then tonight, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The There's no room for growth. Yeah. And I think that the internet exists in like, it's, it feels like the internet, internet exists in its own time zone mm. and everything is taken as it was posted today yep. or done today. Um, there's, there's no there's consideration for growth. Yeah. for growth and, yeah. 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 Well, the trolling chat has gone out the window. Sorry, we're talking about <laughs> fucking algorithms. One thing that I get a lot of people writing to me about is, like, I know that you found it doable because you had, like, a – harder things in your life Mm. to process so then going through this but what like what advice would you give to someone who maybe not even on a public scale but I've got a lot of friends who they really struggle if they've been like shunned from their friendship group Mm. or they've been you know like things have been spread about them and they're really basically on a on a less on a smaller scale like yeah ostracized in in some way Yeah. yeah how do you deal with it emotionally and then open up again and put yourself out there again. After The Bachelor, like, I felt so – it definitely wasn't easy. I think mm. I think it was, like, doable because of my growing up, you know, um, but it definitely wasn't easy and it still isn't easy. You know, it's been four years of basically, like, nonstop. Like, you know, I've, I've had fucking – I've had death threats with my address, including postcode, which is dramatic. What? Like, calm down. Um, to me, I've called calm the cops. Like, the, the postcode. Post I'm like, Relax. I get it. You put the suburb. I understand you know where I live, okay? <laughs> Full blown address, you know, and, I, and I've called yes. the cops about it and they said they can't do anything until I'm hurt and they laugh in my face and then I hang up and I go, cool. Mm. And they say, well, do I want to these people? So I have had, like, shit that's, that's really upset me. I think the biggest thing is I think a lot of bullying and um, hurt comes from – our phones, and again, I sound like a boomer, but because my job is Instagram and we all communicate so much through social media and you can feel left out by looking at social media mm. and um, say so if your friends grab dinner without you, right? Like if it's like a real life yep. ostracization. Yep. Oh, Who gives a one. fuck? Also, don't tell me if I'm wrong. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> don't troll me, okay? Yeah, you're fucking care. wrong. You understood. We communicated. Exactly. Like that French man in the cab. You the understood what I fucking meant. We've met. We've, we've created a exactly. set <laughs> Exactly. Um, but I, I, I feel like a lot of my anxieties and my, um, uh, like when it comes to online trolling, a lot of those negative things come from my phone. And when I was on The Bachelor, I guess the biggest thing was putting my phone down, which is such fucking annoying advice. It's mm. so annoying to hear mm. someone say that. You're like, oh, really? Like, yeah, fucking no like, shit. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But I have to communicate. But putting my phone down and then genuinely, like, this sounds so cringe, but, like, making a list of things that I appreciate in my real world. Yeah. And when I put my phone away and didn't see any of the articles about me or any of the bullshit about me, then I was able to, like, actually enjoy my friends and see my friends mm. and, and take note of what I was actually grateful for. And I think in terms of... um like in real life friendships, I mean, again, this is all just cliche, cheesy shit, babe. But mm. like, I think that whenever I've lost 
friends or felt ostracized or felt like I wasn't really part of a group. I've always opened up my my time to people that are really, really worth it. Mm. And I'm really fortunate that I get to meet a lot of amazing people like you and like, you know, I met Rowdy through, I met people through work that we meet and we have an hour-long conversation. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I love <laughs> obsessed like, I can't with you. Stop yeah. Whereas most people meet people at a bar and say hi once and then they That's leave right. or whatever, or friends of friends. But I feel like, like my therapist, even when I've had like bad relationships, my therapist always speaks about like how much, you know, time we have in a week and obviously time is a finite resource and if you're putting energy into shitty friendships or friendships that you don't feel mm. like you're fully um involved in or that you're fully uh welcomed mm. into and if you haven't done anything if you've if you've asked them like I've done something wrong and I haven't said even anything wrong and you know everything's all good and from that perspective they just maybe maybe they just don't like you as much as you like them. I know. Hard truth. Swallow that hard truth and go and find people that that do like you as much as you like them. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds easier. It's, it's easier said than it's done. It's easier said than done. But I think that time-wise, if you're spending all of your time with friends that you're, like, trying to force your way into a friendship group or you're trying to force dynamics, then you're wasting 30 hours a week that maybe you could mm. get a hobby that you like and meet like-minded people. Totally. And enjoy them and find new friends. And I think it's very difficult as well after high school Making friends as an adult. Mm. That's another That's thing. That's a huge one that people struggle with. And I think I think the big basis of that is like people would genuinely rather be unhappy than alone. People yes. fear being alone yes. so much. So much. And I'm like, what does that say about your relationship with yourself if you can't bear to be alone in that journey to find people that are right for mm. you? Because if your if your relationship, I always say your relationships has to be a, a value exchange. If you're giving, giving, value, 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 mm. what actual value are you getting if you're like scraping for the attention of your friends but you're like totally the, the in the corner like what is the point mm. you know and people just yeah I think people think I would rather be in this awful friendship dynamic where at least I'm hanging out with them at least mm -hmm. I'm seen with them then be alone totally I have something to do as well people are mm. it's fucking boring like and also if you're on if you have no one to hang out on the weekend or whatever as, as an example uh and you see everyone else with their friends they're having parties you're mm. like well I'd rather be out with people in general, which makes complete sense. Yeah. But I think it's worth having a having a pause and a reset. Like I've, you know, lost really good friends or like distanced myself from friendships because I realised I would spend time with them and leave feeling tired, depleted, mm -hmm. realising, you know, that they were just making fun of me the whole time and I didn't really realise or understand. Mm -hmm. And I put my time and energy into other friends that I've had for 10 years that, I adore and just love so much. And that's how I made that transition from like high school friends through to yeah. like real life adult friends. And I think people fall into the trap as well of like working on friendships because they've been around for so long. Yes. It's like that sunk cost fallacy with totally. friendships, you know. Totally. Like I can't give it up now because it's, you know, same, yeah, same as romantic relationships. Mm. And I think people yeah. romanticize as well, like, oh, we've been friends for 20 years. We've been friends 15 years. And that is great to have long-term friendships, mm. but I think it's what's it worth if the whole time you felt a little bit off about it or like you're 40% totally. in the friendship. Yeah. Um, and the time you're investing in that and then the fact that you're getting depleted because it's mm, so emotionally exhausting, mm, that's time you could have spent 
doing something else. Like you said, start. I always say to people, get a hobby. Like, Which sounds so fucking lame. It sounds, so fucking lame. It it sounds, sounds such so a lame. ridiculous. But like, <laughs> join a futsal club, okay? Genuinely, yeah. like, find people. And also, there are, keep in mind, there are a lot of other people who are in the same position as you a who lot. want more friends. Mm. Mo- there's like a loneliness epidemic right now. People want more friends. People are at these hobbies mm. in order to find friends, totally. whether it's trivia, whether it's like a sports team, whether it's, I don't know, bouldering or some shit. I don't CrossFit fucking know. Is so, do you know why CrossFit's so popular? It's mm. because the they create a community. Mm-hmm. It's not because of the workout. Absolutely. I mean, yes, for some people, yes. But it's almost every CrossFit place is like a hectic community where mm. everyone G's each other up and they like, you know, high five. at the, Like it's that connection that people are mm. like, I come just for that connection. Totally. And I get a workout. You know, yeah, exactly. You know. Bonus. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think that uh, getting, I guess, if it's back to getting bu- bullied and trolled. Um, if you have good people around you, there was a time where, like, I had to ask my friends, like, "Am I an awful?" Do you, like, I was mm. like getting validation from my friends, which was very useful to be like, "Listen, having a hard time." Um, I'm getting all these messages. What do you think are of these messages, can you give me some sort of like validation of my worth? Like if you're getting mm-hmm. online bullied or something like that, uh, I know if you have many, do you have any like young listeners? You're yeah, really yeah, yeah. A lot in their early 20s. In sco- yeah. yeah heaps. And and I think that if you are able to see people in in real life, and again, I sound like a fucking boomer, <laughs> but like I've done, I've no, recently been like putting true. my phone away for whole weekends. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that the best feeling? It is. The, I love it. And you like appreciate the smell of jasmine in the street. It's and so you're like, wild. And you're like, it actually doesn't matter if, um, if I have a thousand people online messaging me that I'm an awful cunt because mm. I can smell jasmine, bitch. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's crazy. Perspective is everything. Mm. If you are in it, it's hard to observe it you know totally. like if you're involved if you're on the phone all the time it feels like it's getting worse and worse and worse it's turning into this massive thing in your mm. head you turn your phone off it's not saying oh i'm turning a blind eye you're just saying i'm removing myself i'm just removing myself totally. from the intensity i'm not lying to myself i'm not saying oh i'm shutting my eyes i can't say it i acknowledge it exists but when you step away from something sometimes you realize oh yeah, it exists and yeah, it sucks, but it's actually not consuming my life. There's actually all this other shit mm-hmm. in my life going on. Totally. That just by stepping away, it removes the power that it has Absolutely. over me. The same goes with an argument. You have an argument with something, it feels like your world is over. Mm. You step away mm. and you're like, perspective. Do I need to be this angry at this person? Can I yep. uh, understand them a bit? Like you just cool down. Mm. Perspective is everything. And then you're able to approach it being like, maybe I overreacted or maybe whatever, you know, and you're yeah. able to... I don't know. I feel like realize that how big it is in proportion to other things in your life. Totally. I also want to make a point about friendships that my best friend Kath and I often uh, speak about. And that is that I think if you're being, if you feel like you're being left out of a friendship or something like that, there actually isn't anything wrong with asking your friends, have I done something? Because sometimes you have and you're completely fucking unaware or there's a pattern about you that people are irritated by. Mm. Does it make you a bad person? Does it make you unlovable? Does it make you an awful person? But maybe you need to like hear uh, that what your actions are, that your actions aren't aligning with who your friends are or what they what they want out of someone. And if you think yeah. that's who I am and I don't want to change that, then great. But I've had friends and, you know, I've had conversations with friends in the past few years. I've had really deep friendships that 
are kind of based off like we're dating. Like yeah. Kath and I are always like we have like a romantic relationship yeah. without being together. Like yeah. like I'm like you know, recently there was something that I felt a bit neglected by Kath mm-hmm. in um in a certain way. Uh and it was because of, you know, I was sick and it, she didn't ask about something in particular. Mm-hmm. And I sent them this long message and it was like the best thing for our friendship. Yeah. And it wasn't that our friendship was, our friendship wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. negative. I just felt a little bit off and it was like maintenance for our friendship like you do for a relationship. Of course. And I think there's real value in monitoring how your friendships are going and having check-ins and giving your friends, yeah. quote-unquote, tough love, but not even tough love, like just communicating like you're dating because then you can stop getting yeah. to a point where you're like, something's off, but I don't know what. Like I know where I stand with all of my friends because we all do this. And if you're going to ask that question, which I think you should, be prepared to hear what's going to be said to you. Like mm. be receptive. And it doesn't mean, and and if you feel attacked, don't reply straight away. Like, yes, have a breather. Have a breather. Remove yourself being like, okay, I'm offended. Let's move through these emotions first. I'm mm. offended. I'm hurt. I feel attacked. And then once you've moved through it, it's okay, what's now a logical way of mm. re-looking at what they're mm. saying? Is there truth behind this? Like, yeah, it's true that, you know, like I once have pulled up my best friend because I felt super neglected because she was going through a really hard time and I was really there for her and then it flipped and I think she was still doing some stuff and I went through a hard time and mm. I felt that she wasn't there mm. and it got us so much closer because one day I called her and I was crying and I'm like, I just feel like you're not there for me and yeah. I'm really... And she, the way she took that on board, the way she turned it around was so there for me. Oh, It got us so much closer and and I respected her so much because of how receptive she was when I reached out mm. and I was honest. And I'm like, this is huge. It's actually brought us closer. And you if know? she did it to you, then you would respond the same way. Yes. So then you yes. have this open, again, safe space. You'd have this open conversation about mm. like, I feel like you're doing this. Like, yeah. and even having boundaries in friendships. Like I've had friends, I've had, so I've like had a similar situation and two friends handle it very differently. I've had I was, when I don't do kids, um, <laughs> my friend like 10 years ago, she was like, um, it's either me or him and like, you need to stop, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, okay. And that's a fair response. I understand mm. that. But I had another friend, um, you know, in the past year say something uh, similar, but she was like, listen, I'm warning you before it gets too bad. If this continues for any longer, mm. I need to set boundaries. I'm always here for you and I love you. But if you continue in this dynamic any longer, I will take a step back from my friendship. Mm-hmm. I'll be here if you need any support. Yeah. I love yep. you, but this is the cost of what you're doing. So, like those two different ways, same That's message. Amazing. The second, yeah, but the communication yep. of being like a heads up and like because I feel like friendships we don't maintain them. Like we just like have this in, these intense relationships and and are like yeah, best friends, best friends. Best friends. Mm. And it's like, have you ever spoken about your actual friendship, or have you ever spoken about like what you? appreciate or don't appreciate about what's going on between you two. So I think when it comes to feeling ostracized or, you know, attacked, it's it's obviously never justified someone bullying you. Mm. But if you feel just like a bit left out, maybe have that communication. Don't be scared about it because it makes your friendship so much better. Yeah. And, and okay, let's say you're in that situation. Like if you're someone that's like, okay, they've been, they've been, literally leaving me out. I've reached out. I've said, hey, what's going on? I've noticed this has changed. This has shifted. If they turn around, they're like, no, nothing's fine. That's fine. Then it's your call to decide what to do then. If they're refusing to give you anything Mm. and you're like, I know something's changed. It's not all fine. If they've decided for whatever reason that, then then you can make a well-informed decision. Like if they're not willing to come to the table and say, this is the issue, Mm. then you've 
done everything you can do. Mm. The ball was in their court, you totally. know. And you have to ask that question as well going into it, thinking this friendship may end from this conversation as well. Mm. We have to have the guts to do that. And I think in in that, as I've gotten older, because I'm a boomer apparently, me telling all the kids this information, <laughs> but as I've gotten older, I've, I've realised that it's so much better to have a few, you only really need like a few mm. really, really good friends, like three max, like close you know. people in your life, mm, yeah. That are going to be with you forever. And I have lots of friends that as well, like I've had short-term friendships with them, not because anything bad happened, mm. but because like we moved, like they got busy or I got busy or like we just didn't hang out as much. And There's like transient friendships, which are Totally, fine. which is also have mm. value as well. I think that there's a lot of shame put around short-term friendships. When there shouldn't be. Exactly, mm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is not about trolling at all. No, <laughs> Sorry, guys, again, I fucking keep distracting, <laughs> but it's a great it's a, chat. It's I'm it's loving like, this. I'm fucking loving it. No, but I always say, like, I did. I think I did an episode once on, like, the different kinds of friendships and you've got, like, your inner circle, then you've got your good times friends and you've got your transient mm. friends and then, and sometimes people feel so hurt and let down and I'm like, maybe someone's moved from an inner circle into a different category. It doesn't mean you have to cut them out forever. So true. You know, yeah, they can shift levels. and then your expectation of them lowers and you feel more satisfied in the relationship because you're totally. like, I don't have these. You should only have super high expectations for the inner circle friends, you know. Well, that's true. And I think that we, I have a tendency to meet people, really like them and go, yeah, we're friends. And yeah. I, I've tried to reevaluate recently and go, oh, no, we're acquaintances mm. and you like them. And if you see them at a party or talk to them, maybe you become closer friends, but don't yeah. have this like. It doesn't have to be immediately. Totally. Yeah. Expectation, but also kind of like guilt around like not inviting them places or yeah. whatever. Yes, like, exactly. you know, yeah, that, yeah. But it goes two ways of like, they're my acquaintance and I like them. Yeah. And they like me, but like, it's not, we're not. Besties, yeah, you know? totally, mm. totally. Okay, another question for you. Mm. Your personality, who you are, open, honest, all of that, has it always been like that or was there a period of like finding your groove and finding that side of you? I think I've always been like that because ADHD girl, Ooh, um, so you know, and also having a single mom and mum's very... Um, I love that episode with your mum. Oh, bless so her. Ah, Laura. The fucking cockroach story ruined my life. I though. know. Fuck. Yeah. Honestly, guys, go and listen. It's actually traumatising. <laughs> Poor Laura. Honestly. Cockroach in her ear. I know. Don't. And dying. I'm going, silly little <laughs> moi. Like, it's so funny. She's so silly. So but like having a single mum who was very like... Uh, outspoken like we'd watch like the news and we'd speak about the news from mm. when I was like fucking five years old Amazing. and like my family and I have like political debates where we're yelling at each other but kind of agreeing but yelling and it's and it's like anyway any ham for anyone like it's yeah. so not personal you <laughs> yeah, know yeah so, and all my friends are very that. we like speak about politics a lot and I'm around you know very wonderful smart people a lot and I've always been brought up as well like my grandma, um, my grandma was a like a dentist, a female dentist before women could have bank accounts. Oh you know what God, I mean? That's amazing. So like, she was incredible. And then my I had a single mom, and then so that kind of environment of like fostering education, understanding, and vocalizing your opinion and, and talking about things. I think yeah. that that helped it. But definitely, you know, and I would like fight misogynistic dickheads at the real estate place. <laughs> so I'd work out all the time and be like, you're a fucking, like, I would, like, yell at them. Then I'd always go and cry in the bathroom because yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, been yelling yeah. at them in the open yeah. plan office. So they would <laughs> say fucked up shit. But I think I've had to, like, lean into it more in this career for sure. Like, mm. There's been a growth in this career because I think it's easy to be outspoken with your best friends when yeah. you all agree with each other. It's a little bit harder to be steadfast in your views when you are posting to people 
who their default is to like question what you're saying. Mm. And with me, I'm in this weird space of being in a, like I'm in like a left wing progressive yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. space, but I'm on the Mars Singer and I was mm. on I'm a Celeb and I'm on like commercial mainstream. Uh, there are elements that are commercial and mainstream, maybe it's centrists or people who don't care about politics or don't think about it. Yeah. who are going to be very offended by what I, by what I say. So being outspoken is, um, I know it has become easier, I think, because I don't really give a fuck, but it's also like a higher risk than it used to be. Yeah. That makes sense. That's right. Like it's, yeah, totally. It's, it's become second nature as well because I think as well, I'm like, well, honestly, what do I have to lose? So we Tony Armstrong about this. We were shooting for something and I was like, aren't you? I was like, fuck, I'm just so scared about like, I know, I was like, oh, I've had bad anxiety mm. recently and I was like, I'm just really scared about losing my career. And he was like, and what if you do? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, if you're saying what you believe yep. and if you're doing what like you want to do, like you'll be fine. Like you can go and work a normal job again. It's yeah. all good. Like, like you, cause you feel like you're going to like implode. If, yeah. If, if it doesn't everyone work hates out. You. Yeah, yeah. It's this weird feeling of mm. like, if, if everyone, if everyone fucking hates you, then you're like, oh, and it isn't even like about my career. It's more about like being disliked by mm. who, the, the country yeah. And having Tony be like, and okay, yeah. dude, like you'll be fine money wise. You have a degree, you have a career, you can go do whatever you want. You can you've go work in a cafe you if can, you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you've got skills. And also, like, regardless, like, is, and then it made me realize what I was worried about wasn't actually the career mm. or money or whatever I was doing. It was people disliking me mm. and hating me. And that, yeah, it was kind of like an, it was, it was a, it was an interesting eye opener about being outspoken and like, the impact and that and the and the results of that can be so like, I know they can mm. feel so big, but actually be really irrelevant. And yeah. also in the same way that someone's always going to disagree with you, someone's always going to agree with you. Exactly. Then people don't really ever say everyone's like someone's always going to hate what you say. It's like yeah, someone's always going to love what I say. Like totally. Got so many DMs at me squirting for the first time. You know, like people were <laughs> fucking having parties. They were the house so happy. And, for and, like, you. They were loving it. Like <laughs> here for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Also, like when someone gives a negative comment or when someone trolls, not that it's not that you should excuse that behavior or be okay with it. Also, again, with the perspective thing, also be like, they, as as awful as that is, there's so many people right now that you know that probably on, on the sly are trolls. You know what I mean? Like, the, it's just for them. It's like, oh yeah, just this. Like, because there's no face to it, or they or they don't have to see you in person. They would never make that comment to your face. Yeah. So what does it mean? It takes away a lot of power if that comment. If you know they wouldn't say it to your face. If they're saying it like this, it's almost mm. like oh, it's your little outburst tantrum that you need to have to yeah. satisfy this weird urge yeah i'm the outlet i'm the you know the, what you're projecting mm. on but really sometimes if you if you look at it in that lens it's still hurtful but it's it makes it easier to be like there's other reasons behind it totally that's, that's not just me it's a complete projection and i also mm. it's interesting you say that like some people that you think are nice might be might be trolling mm. because it's always the people like whenever i post on my stories it's always people who are like spread love and positivity yes. the and dog like, account the, the fucking dog account dogs. don't fucking run those dogs name in the dirt i know for those of you who missed it i am <laughs> oh um, my god i got a comment i was wearing i was wearing a like a, a corset out that was really hot top and there was a comment from a dog account a dog and a magpie account <laughs> that was Stop. like that was like um 
attention-seeking whore or something. Can you and imagine? I know. I know. The poor Staffy. The poor Staffy. And then I called it out and then you. there was a whole thing. But, um, yeah, Staffy would love me. Dogs love me. <laughs> but, like, I think that, uh, fuck, what was I talking about? Oh, people that are pretending to be nice being uh, negative. So people who, I think people who are like, if you have to say, spread positivity and kindness. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, really like a good yeah. person like I will s- fucking say forever I'm not a nice person I'm a kind person mm, mm-hmm. I'm thoughtful I care about people I I, I think that I'm empathetic mm. I like you know but I'm not like a nice like pol- yeah. I'm not like a default polite person yeah does that make sense yeah, totally and I think that there's more value in being a kind person and mm. not making fake fucking Instagram accounts to comment <laughs> to that drop, I'm a dumb yeah, bitch. Yeah. Like that's not very like that's not very like kind. But, like, like I'm what? sure you're nice to you. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're seen as nice. And also, I find religious people as well. We're oh. like Jesus, whatever on their bios, and they're the first to tear you down. I think because when it comes to like I can only really speak for Christianity. When it comes to like religion religion they are feeling so oppressed by their own religion and they're projecting that mm. oppression onto you or like well I've been told my whole life that I can't wear a revealing top yeah um or I can't have an abortion so why the fuck can you yeah exactly and I think that's a that's a really big thing that I think about when I get trolled for things that I think are like ridiculous yeah like, they're not actually hating you so much that it's almost like this like so why do you get to do it yeah the fuck like what yeah. like when i was on the bachelor getting trolled it was like um people were so mad that i was like humping him on a beach and it was like i would never in my it's like okay <laughs> then don't sorry that you didn't get to hump someone <laughs> on the beach covered in oil that sucks for you go to fucking go to bondi <laughs> this afternoon go to south bondi get and your titties yourself. out <laughs> and hump a random on the beach not a random with consent obviously <laughs> but you know like it's like it's all it's it's very interesting like that's why mm. also I used to post most people that trolled me because I was like it's always like dance teachers and nurses yes. and um like mama of two like it's yeah. always and then absolutely trolling you yeah fucking trolling the shit out of me or like someone's fucking boyfriend or someone's mum I had I once had a guy that I went to high school with like I went to all girls school but like he was in our brother's school like one mm-hmm. of the guys in our group a bigger group of girls and guys his um, girlfriend's mum was aggressively trolling me. Like what? every single thing that I would post would say, you dumb, ugly slut, you fucking oh bitch. My like God. aggressively. And I sent it to him. I was like, hey, I think your girlfriend's mum needs mental health care. Like I was like, yeah, like this is she needs to be like, seriously spoken to. Yeah. Like, and then he blocked me. But I was like, oh, I was like, I don't really give a fuck. But yeah. like, there's so many people that you would never think are doing this or mm. making fake accounts. Like it's so easy to make a fake account and just oh my god troll someone. And I think that it's yeah, I now see it as like an outlet for people's anger or their um I don't know, their their and even if it's a, even if it's like a valid uh like something about like political or like mm. I'm like it's an outlet for their anger and they can let let loose mm. and then be like, okay, well that's inconsequential to me. But like you said, if they saw me in person, I've now kind of like, I was speaking to my producer, Lem, about this. Mm. I think I think she said this the other day. She was like, or something she said to me, she was like, well, if they wouldn't say it to you in person, like don't even respond to it because they're not having a civil conversation with you. Like if they're going on and on yeah. about how you're a dumb bitch or like shut the fuck up. Like imagine them walking up to you and actually saying that. And go, like there'd be 0.001% of the trolls who actually would totally. follow through and do that. They would never. never. And, and and even people like, yeah, like, and 
A, you're going to take it on board, but I would always respond being like, what the fuck? This is why you're wrong. Mm. And then it's like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say this to you in person. Like, it's like, you they can just... just leave it because mm. and also they're talking to avoid because you feel like when it's a comment on your post you have to reply and it's visible for everyone to see which is yeah totally crazy that you would even embarrass yourself like that but. <laughs> i know it's wild <laughs> but i've like gotten to a point where i i my kind of rule for myself is i'll post something and for the first 10 minutes i'll respond to people if they're saying things that are that are like fair-ish or i yeah. can see where they're coming from Relevant. i'll respond to like 10 15 minutes and then i go no more see ya yeah because i'm like I'm not going to spend all day looking at comments, responding to people that I will never meet. Mm. That if I'm so awful, please unfollow me. Mm. Like if I'm if I'm such a fucking demon bitch. Why are you on my page? It's bizarre. If you yeah. hate me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fair enough to disagree, but then there should be more substance to the comment. Not totally. Just you're a whore. Totally. And I think there's a danger in people. In people, when I say things like this, it's like, oh, so no one can disagree with you. No, no, you can disagree with me. Absolutely. Mm. You cannot comment, shut the fuck up, you're an idiot, here's why you're an idiot. That's not yeah. That's not a reasonable yeah. thing to do. And, and if there's... you're at a dinner party with someone, they were like, imagine if you were like talking about abortion and dinner party or something and someone was like, shut the fuck up, you fuck it. And you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But get the fuck out of my friend's or house. What are you doing here? Roasting you for your outfit because they don't think it's appropriate, or yeah. you know, like that just wouldn't. Go to you know, someone and being like, go to someone and being like, oh my god, your hair looks fucked. <laughs> like people comment being like, I would be your hair and makeup isn't the best here. Yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah. Sorry, guys, get my fucking hair makeup on every fucking second day. Sorry that today, after 14 hours on set, that it wasn't looking great. Although, like, you know, it's like, or like, or people are like, oh, my Logies, so it's like, mm, um, that dress, uh, uh, that dress is really not for me. And I go, yeah, it's literally not for you. It was custom made for me. Like, I designed <laughs> I it with a designer. <laughs> it was custom made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it with a designer. Thank I like you it. For telling me. But imagine in person meeting someone, you're in like that dress and you go, mm. not for me. Yeah. Like imagine fucking social Imagine skills. how funny the world would be though if like <laughs> trolls actually we do it. We should do a trial and got people and and just go and just go, God, yeah. Fuck. Oh my god, we your should, eyebrows are wonky. We should pick like oh. the top twenty best like troll comments that you've received and just go out on the street. Oh my god. And trial Honestly, them out on strangers. It's fucking it's it's incredible. But yeah, I think that's a big thing to keep in mind as well. Is like would they say it to you if I don't very mm. few people would. And if you think they would, if you like read it and you're like, actually, that's reasonable. I think it's like, I think it's worth responding to yeah. if it's a disagreement or if there's like actual like logic. In and what if it's saying. like relevant to what you're posting, definitely. Totally. If someone's like character assassinating you and, you know, for no reason. Yeah. That's what I just wouldn't bother with anymore. Totally. Like, yeah. 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 Although okay. I do like how you share it on your stories. I can't believe I have to wrap this. I'm so upset. I know. <laughs> we'll have to do like it's a part chat. two of we just will. chats. Yeah, yeah. I'll come um, back whenever you want, babe. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm upset. This is great. We got some, mm. honest, I think we covered like 10 topics that still need more. Yeah, anyway. I know. Good times. Um, can you just like plug yourself, please? Um, so my Instagram is Abby Chatfield and my podcast is It's A Lot on Listener as well. So I'm sure there'll be link in show notes, right, Great Elise? podcast. Yes, there will be. And um, your, and I just love, follow the It's A Lot Instagram page as well because it's so, I love oh, like the snippets. They're so, they're just oh, epic. It's so silly. I have the best team ever. I mean, you know, listen to yeah. girlies. Yeah, listen yeah, to yeah, girlies yeah, yeah. It's a big family. But yeah, that's what I have to plug really. I'm like hanging Amazing. out the rest of the year. And love she was it. just the the um, judge on The Masked Singer. Oh, yes. I cried when I saw that clip. Oh, my God. Oh, Darren oh, Hayes. Stop, my stop. King, I'm obsessed with Savage Garden. Obsessed. Babe, I'm in love with him. Oh, I need him on the podcast. He's an icon. You, he's yes, do you it. You should as well, actually. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, anyway we've got to wrap. We've got to wrap. We've got to wrap. Anyway. <laughs> 
Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't care. Listener.